Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am your Tuesday host, Charles Curtis, and I have a very special guest today. Uh, she is a college basketball fan, a Northwestern grad. Uh, my, I call her my boss. Uh, she's everybody's boss here at For the Win. She is the managing editor for the Win, Nina Mandel. Uh, how are you today? I, uh, what's going on? Um, I'm good. There's not a lot going on. I heard you guys are getting snow, though, so I'm just enjoying living in the south and just, you know, all the sunshine and, like, 40-degree weather that we're having. Uh, lucky you. I mean, uh, <laughs> yes, I'm up in New York. Nina's down in, in near the D.C. area, so uh, she is enjoying the, the, the better weather uh, while we all get nor'easters, although you had, to, you had to deal with the nor'easter recently. We did. It was really windy. I was really scared. And there was no there was no sports being played outside then because it was so windy, which is like a sort of stupid thing to be fixated on during that storm. But it, it was terrible. Yeah, no, it was it was legit. And it was it was uh, pretty crazy. Uh, but I have you here today, not only to talk about the weather, but to talk about the NCAA <laughs> tournament, which is starting in uh, two days as of this recording. Um, and everyone should know Nina won our bracket pool last year, the For the Win bracket pool. So I decided it would be a great prize to have her on to talk about uh, bracket building. And, and you know, I'm somebody who does not follow college basketball one iota until, uh, until basically, you know, tournament time, and I start reading like crazy. But Nina knows her stuff. So, what like, what's your big tip to help somebody build, or how do you build your bracket to start out with? Okay, so I have celebrated for a full year being the reigning for the win bracket champion. Um, but the secret is, and I don't know if I'm ready to tell everyone this, but the secret is you mentioned before that I am a Northwestern grad. So like most Northwestern grads, we were pretty stoked that our team finally made the NCAA tournament. It was the first time ever. So my trick really was that I picked Northwestern to go further in the bracket than I think everybody else did. And that's really where I got most of my points. Um, so there's, <laughs> there's not a ton of, you know, like I, you know, great knowledge of college basketball there. I just kind of believed in a team a little more than everybody else. But I think sort of the point is, is that you pick that team that has the potential. And I'm not talking about like picking some 16 seed to make it to the final four. That's not going to happen. But you pick that eight seed or that seven seed or that six seed who's going to go a little further than most people think that they're going to go. And you get lucky and you get right. And then you become the reigning for the win bracket champion <laughs> who do you have a team like that this year is there like a team that you're because you don't have northwestern sadly in in the bracket to, to yeah no on. they stunk they stunk pretty bad this year um <laughs> you know i i always i'm always interested in what davidson does not only because obviously steph curry went there and yeah. did big breakout tournament that's when he became famous but um i think that they have a great coach and i think that they always surprise people in the tournament so i'm looking out for them um, I think it's hard to believe that Xavier is a one seed, so I still sort of think of them as a Cinderella, even though they are one of the top four teams in the bracket right now. Um, everyone says that Cincinnati is a team to watch out for. Yeah, those are those are my big secrets. I don't know. Who are you looking out for? I'm looking at Arizona. I've got my eyes. And this is like the, the NBA fan in me. Like, And again, people should know listening that I am an amateur bracket person, which means that I'm like everybody else. Even the experts get it wrong. Um, so what I usually do is I try to sort of figure out like, all right, which team has uh, some you know NBA prospects on it? Uh, and we know Arizona has uh, at least one of those in Aton. Um, and I'm like intrigued by him. You know, Is that how I pronounce his name, by the way? And again, this is my, you know, DeAndre Aton, right? I think so, maybe. I don't yeah. know. 
Well, it's, he, I have a cousin named Aton, so I call him Aton. Anyway, he's going to be yeah. potentially the, the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. And we've seen it time and time again that like a top three pick in the NBA draft is usually somebody from a very successful college program that's gone far in the NCAA tournament. So I'm looking at Arizona. That's a four seed uh, over in the south. And I'm like, that seems a little low for a team that, that that's that good. Um, so that's one team looking at. Davidson's a really good pick, I feel like, because, you know, if they're, they're a 12-5 uh, matchup against Kentucky. We know that 12 fives always, uh, you know, a bunch of them end up uh, with 12s winning. And uh, a team that I'm not going to pick, but I'm really kind of like, people are starting to convince me of this. Like, Penn being a 16 seed against Kansas is kind of making me, like, wonder if they're going to be the first 16 seed to, to, to do it because they're, they're tough defensively. That's what Stephen Ruiz, our, our colleague, said. Yeah, I mean, I still think that. I still think that Kansas is such a better team and such a team with a coach that knows how to do the NCAA tournament that it would be, and no offense to Kansas fans, but it would be awesome to see Penn or any 16 seed, you know, advance to the second round. But I just, I don't see it happening, even though Steven is very convincing all the time. He is, isn't he? And, and that's, a, that's the, the, the great thing about working with Steven is that, like, he always convinces me, especially the NFL stuff. But yeah, like in any other sport, if he says it, I'm always like, uh-huh, yeah, no, you got good proof there. Cincinnati's a really interesting <laughs> one to me, by the way, because, like, Cincinnati has always been a team that's like in the tournament, but never really like had a huge amount of success. Like I feel like I don't know what, whatever to do with them. And again, this is all like you know instinct. Like I see the name Cincinnati, and immediately I think like, meh. You know, do you feel that way about them as a two seed, even though everyone's sort of picking them to kind of go really far? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel, and I think that's what makes this makes this bracket so interesting. That. You know, we have Cincinnati, like I said, we have Xavier. We have all these teams that I think we didn't really picture as teams that would be favorites to win games in the NCAA tournament that you, in fact, should probably pick to win their first and second and maybe third games in the NCAA tournament. You know who else I think is interesting, though, who we don't usually think of, or at least in the past couple of years, hasn't been the favorite from the Big Ten, is Michigan. I watched mm. their Big Ten championship against Michigan State, and I'm really impressed with them, and I think that they could go a, far, a long way, too. That's interesting because they're in the West with Xavier, and Xavier's yeah. the number one seed. And if you're not believing in, in Xavier's the number one seed, like right, which I which has nothing to do with Xavier. I just want to clear that up really quickly. Like I think Xavier <laughs> is an excellent basketball team who deserves the number one seed and who definitely could go a very long way. But just in the history of college basketball, like they haven't been a traditional one seed. That's all I'm saying. But yeah. I think I think they will go very far. I think they have them going all the way in my bracket. Oh, there you go. I mean, I think that this is the the, the interesting point that we're coming to here is like general bracket build stuff like I find myself picking usually and, and by the way I do multiple pools um, I do I think I end up doing about five or six brackets which kind of hopefully covers enough but uh, it doesn't usually work out that way and what I try to do I don't know if you do this but like I try to pick like a couple of one seeds to go a, a two seed to go in some of these brackets and then like one crazy bracket so that might be my like Arizona you know side of the bracket going to the final four yeah, that's definitely a similar way that I do it. I saw one of my friends on Twitter yesterday made this argument that you should only have one bracket and you should stick with it. And I just think that's ridiculous. No. Like like you said, none of us, even the experts, can't figure out who's going to go to the Final Four, who's going to win the championship. And that's what makes the NCAA tournament so great. Like, it's an entire sporting event with a history of major upsets. And that's awesome. And that's why we love it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. No, um, I, I'm also just like, I, I also love watching the tournament because, you know, even if you don't have that team, that, that upset that you have picked, like, it's amazing to watch, like, the Lumberjacks from uh, Stephen F. Austin, like, making a run. Mm -hmm. and I, I think that's 
like I, I I almost don't care if my bracket is busted. And so like at the end of the day, like yeah, if I put you know some money on it, great, and some did some brackets, like great. But like at the end of the day, like yeah, you're getting all these amazing moments, the one shining moments, if you will. And I know by the way that you and I both share a love of one shining moment, right? Right. I didn't understand. Apparently, not everyone shares for one shining moment, which is like I think it's great. Like I, you know, I cry every year watching it, which might be because I'm really tired by the time it comes out. But I just think that like you're you're really watching what will be some of the most exciting moments of some of these you know players' lives. And that's not to say that they all won't go on to lead like really exciting lives. That they're you know they're always going to look back. I talked to a couple of years ago. I talked to some of the members of the George Mason squad that went to the Final Four, and you know they're all you know they have families and they have jobs and they're doing great thing, but they all just felt what you hear in their voice when they talk about that those amazing moments of the NCAA tournament like that's what we get to watch over again yeah in one shining moment I don't know I love it I don't understand the haters on it <laughs> and I'm really glad that, that they're still using the uh the version that we've heard for for all these years <laughs> yes. um uh, and I actually uh Nina knows this I've, I've gone every year since I joined for the one to the Turner CBS uh event uh that they the media event where they have all the you know the stars they have Charles Barkley they have uh, Jim Nance, they have um, uh, everybody that's going to be covering the, the tournament. And I have, for I think three years straight, asked questions to the presidents of both Turner Sports and CBS Sports, uh, just making sure, like, you're doing one shiny moment the same way, right? <laughs> or, you know, the, you know this and that. So it's like, uh, you know, I think you and I care too much, but I think people love it. And I, and that's, you know, I, I loved, I could talk for, for years about uh, a one shiny moment and, and why other sporting events need that that song and montage thing uh, at the end right exactly speaking of that cbs turner event i feel like we don't talk enough about how much fun that event is every year because yes. it's sort of i think to the two of us the kickoff of um the ncaa tournament what was your favorite moment this year from that event you know it's just sitting in front of charles barkley and and listening to him wax poetic about everything i mean it's just that's what i do every year is i kind of like sit there i have a question or two for him that he answered uh you know straight which is what he does. I'm trying to think of like the one big, you know what, I, I had a moment with um, uh, Clark Kellogg um, that I didn't, for some reason, I get, I can still write it up. I'm just thinking about like, <laughs> yeah, here I am with my editor being like, actually, um, but Clark Kellogg on sort of the, the NCAA investigations, the FBI investigations, what needs to happen. And he was really impassioned about it. Um, and he was kind of, you know, making some really good points. And I think everybody agrees. And this is something that, that will come out in this, this tournament is people talking about this is what college basketball needs to do to improve where it's going uh, in the future so that you don't have all this money under the table and you don't have all these, you know, things that are deemed illegal being illegal anymore. So he kind of talked about how the system and Charles Barkley did too, about how the system's broken. And, you know, it's, it's not just the players taking money. It's not just the NCAA being, you know, uh, doing things badly. It's, it's not just it's the coaches, it's everybody. And everybody has to get on the same page or, the system's just going to keep being uh, very, very flawed. Yeah, I mean, does that whole thing, though, does everything going on in college basketball right now, does it put a damper on the tournament for you? No, not at all. I don't think so. And I, I think, you know, I, I think that once the, the the ball is tipped, to quote a line from my favorite <laughs> song, uh, that, that it'll kind of disappear, I think, in, into the distance. And I think, you know, you have people like us talking about, building their bracket and you have people who are going to say oh my god that that 14-3 upset did you see Wright State beat Tennessee or whatever it might be you know I think that's 
it'll 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 get I don't want to say swept under the rug but I don't think it'll be a huge part of the tournament in except you know I think in in certain and that both the Turner CBS presidents talked about how it will be part of their studio show but maybe it won't necessarily be part of the game stuff as much as the game itself yeah I could see that I also I was having a discussion with somebody who's not a big college basketball fan but she was really excited about the tournament because she was telling me how she thought it was you know just the purest form of basketball because the kids are just in it um you know for the joy or whatever she said and (laughs) it was (laughs) it was hard not to laugh in her face um, which is sort of a horrible thing to say but I, I do think that she represents a lot of people who are watching the tournament who just, you know, tune in every year, aren't college basketball fans, haven't read up on every, on the investigation going on and are just like, this is a lot of fun and I'm just going to watch this and ignore the little sports editor over here who keeps like harping on how everything is broken. Uh, yeah, and I, but I think there is part of me that wonders, you know, when, when you see the championship trophy being delivered, do you, do you think to yourself like, how, and this is the thing, by the way, that, that Ernie Johnson was really, really adamant about at that event. He said, like, don't suspect every coach, basically. Don't look at, you know, he hates how, you know, everybody's under this suspicion. But I I think fans can't help it. Sit there and say, well, how did, you know, how did that player get on that team? And and how did, you know, how does this? I think the whole system is broken and flawed. And so you're going to think that way, I think, even if, if, you know, if somebody is potentially clean. I think it's the way that people thought about baseball when baseball was under so much more uh, suspicion of, of PDs, right? Like similarly, like everybody's under under suspicion. I also think it's the thing that weighs on the players. And I remember a couple of years ago when UConn won the tournament and Shabazz Napier got there and started talking about how he used to be hungry all the time. And mm-hmm. I don't know like what it is, but I still remember that. It broke my heart to ever imagine. I mean, anybody hungry, but, you know, like some kid who's playing basketball all the time, not getting enough to eat. And I think he sort of not stole the moment, but definitely made a mark on that moment that we talked about and we remembered and, you know, maybe sparked some changes. Um, and that's because there are a lot of discussions about what student athletes get from that or are allowed to get as benefits. Um, and I think that that might happen again, you know, like maybe a player will say something in a press conference, maybe a little shout out somebody who's suspended or something. I think that we have to remember the players are living this too. And, you know, it might, it might come out a little bit in the tournament. I agree with you. Um, uh, on, on that note, I wanted to ask you, like, is there a player or two that you're like super pumped to watch in the tournament? No, so this is my favorite part about the tournament is that whatever player we fall in love with, we I definitely haven't heard of yet. Like I remember uh, uh, Ali Farouk Manesh, I'm uh-huh. saying his name wrong. Yep. Yeah, you know, like it's those players who like just, you know, come out and have like the tournament of their lives. Like that's the player I'm excited to see. And I clearly haven't heard of him yet because he's probably not an NBA prospect. So that's who I'm excited about. That's, who are you excited about? That's funny. Like I look back on my, my various tournament watching years and I'm thinking automatically like the first guy that comes to mind is the Michigan State guard who is a point guard who is escaping me, um, who is great, you know, didn't end up being great NBA uh, talent or like the Arizona like Miles Simon Mike Bibby pairing like those guys you know and, and Mike Bibby obviously yeah. ended up with a big career and Miles uh, didn't but yeah the the few guys that I'm, I'm thinking about um Aton I already mentioned um Mo Bamba is the the center yes. hulking center from Texas I I love me some shot blocking centers <laughs> I'm super psyched about about seeing him play because again like I, I don't watch college basketball so you know, I've read the hype. I've seen some of the highlights. I'm like, ooh, you know, like that's really intriguing. They're a 10 seed against Nevada. If they make it out of there, then they face that that Cincinnati squad we were talking about. And I'm like, ooh, block 10 shots in a game. You know, like that'd be great. And and Trey Young is a guy 
that I'm really curious about because, and mostly from the NBA perspective, because he was great and then he wasn't, and he's been all over the place. Oklahoma seems like a team that uh, is in trouble, you know, and I think they were, they were, you know, they're 10 seed we're talking about here. I don't know. That's one where he either catches fire, which would be great for both NBA prospects, and he gets to potentially face Duke in the next round, or he flops and suddenly we're talking about, you know, what happened to Trey Young. And the other guy is Colin Sexton, who blazed a trail through, uh, what was it, the SEC tournament with Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. oh, man, like, that kid, like, I, I'm, you know, he's coming in hot, and I cannot wait to see what happens. Yeah, he's the reason that I picked Alabama to, to at least win in the first round. I don't know if I have them going beyond there, I forget. But, I mean, that layup that he made at the buzzer beater was amazing. Also, like, speaking of Trey Young, that poor dude. I mean, 18-year-old yeah. kid, and you – what a roller coaster of a season for him. I hope he does well in the tournament just so that he doesn't have to keep answering questions about what happened when you were an 18-year-old and, you know. That's a really a rough. good point also about this tournament and why there's so much emotion packed into it. These are kids. Like, I, I, you know, I thought I knew it all at 18. I did not. And that's and that's what we're watching here is these is is you know a lot of freshmen you know we know there's a lot of you know one and done going on in college so you see a lot of these these kids who are being thrust into the national spotlight and some of them thrive and some of them uh, it's just tough to watch the tears and the the emotions and all that of of you know the expectations uh, flying out the door you know yeah definitely and yeah. I mean that's like, it's so hard even at the end even when you you know internally hate that team that just lost like. When they put the camera on the losing team, it breaks my heart every time. I don't care how much I rooted against someone I was in college before, you know, I became a professional journalist and no longer had opinions. Like, it, it just breaks my heart every time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there a team that you're going to latch yourself on to, even though Northwestern's out of it? Um, no, I'm just going to sit here and wait until Northwestern, you know, gets good again. So in like 20 <laughs> years, maybe. Hey, <laughs> what they, about had, they, you? they had a good run. Uh, you know, I'm... I'm all about the underdogs, and I also, uh, you know, shameless plug, I just wrote up my third annual ranking all 68 of the mascots and team names, and Radford came out on top, spoiler alert, go read it, Um, uh, because the Highlanders are both a great name, a great joke where you can make jokes about the Highlander, like there can be only one, and their mascot is this, like, muscular, um, headbanded, bearded um, (laughs) dude, and I think it's a kilt, I can't be sure, but whatever it is, it's it's like the coolest looking mascot. They are uh, a 16 seed, but they're also (laughs) playing the first four against LAU Brooklyn, which is, you know, local for me. Um, they're not going anywhere, but I'm like, go Radford, you know, that's, that's one. And I, I gotta go with Stephen F. Austin again. They're the 14 seed against a really tough Texas tech team. Um, and I'll be rooting for them again because a awesome lumberjack mascot B, um, <laughs> I just remember that run a couple of years ago. That was so much fun to watch and they've got really cool purple uniforms. And that's like where I go with the, the NCAA tournament. I'm kind of going where the, the, the weird fringy stuff is, uh, and, and the NBA prospects. And then otherwise, it's like me trying to figure out a bracket by reading, oh, everybody, everybody, USA Today, ESPN. Uh, uh, no, Charles, we only read USA Today. Yes, here. yes, right, okay. Read, read all these experts, you know. Can, can we cut that from the – no, I guess we can't. Um, what oh, you, wait, can I jump back in? I want to – so I forgot the team that I'm actually reading for, which is UMBC, who is a 16 seed who is going to probably not beat Villanova in their first game. But my dad taught there for 32 years. Um, I grew up there. I – Grew up around the basketball team who were, who were always the nicest people in the athletic department were the nicest people to me. Um, and I got a lifetime gym membership there one time when I was home from college that I hope they still honor every time that I go. Um, so I am rooting for them. Not only are they an underdog, but it is where I grew up. So 
Go dogs. Go retrievers. Go retrievers. Yes, I, I was gonna say the the retrievers. Great mascot. I, True Grit, I believe, is the name of their their mascot. Yeah. So fun story. When I was very little, they had a very friendly giant retriever dog that I loved. Um, you know, like a big, just like very friendly mascot that would wander around basketball games. And then I don't know, probably like twenty years ago, they changed it to a very scary <laughs> retriever mascot, like Aww. this very menacing dog. Um, and all the kids, including me, I think, were so scared of this, like, very menacing dog that was probably better for a sports mascot who's supposed to, you know, like, help inspire the team to destroy the other team. Um, but then they changed back to the friendlier mascot because that mascot was too scary. It was like the scary duck that Oregon had for a while. Ooh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, like the one that, like, like looks like it's glaring at you every five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I'll give, you, I'll give you one more team that I'm rooting for that is, is a little bit more of a known name, and that's Gonzaga because they lost last yeah. year. And, like, man, you know, after all this time, it was, like, really exciting to see them potentially win a national title. And they're a four seed. They're in Xavier's end of the, end of the bracket. Like, that'd be so great to finally see, uh, you know, after all these years of Cinderella, uh, them becoming a powerhouse and then winning finally. But, you know, as a fourth seed, they're kind of uh, – uh, that's a tough one. They've got UNC Greensboro, I think, is, is who it is in the first round. Yeah, that would definitely be a lot of fun. What do you think about Virginia? I, like, again, like my, my expertise is out the window. All these one seed – here's – you know what my big <laughs> takeaway is to, to answer that is, like, all these one seeds, um, I think aside from Villanova – um, are suspect only because of something Charles Barkley said. Charles Barkley, and again, like people are going to laugh because everyone laughs about Charles Barkley covering the NCAA tournament when we know he's a big NBA expert. But he was like, man, this this year, this is wide open. So automatically, I was like, oh, all right, you know. Um, but when you're bracket building, that does not mean you have them out in the first or second round. Like I would probably throw Virginia over to the Sweet 16 where they might face Arizona, the team that I've been talking up uh, that will definitely lose in the second round or maybe lose to <laughs> Buffalo in the first uh, because that's, the you know, uh, I have no expertise here. But, yeah, I, I think that, like, you see Arizona is going to face Virginia potentially in the Sweet 16. You've got Xavier and Gonzaga potentially facing off. Um, Kansas will get Auburn, which is not a team that I'm necessarily – right, didn't Auburn lose the first round of the SEC tournament? Yes. Like early? Or, yeah. Yeah, pretty early, yeah. So, hmm. So maybe Kansas, you know, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Uh, and then Villanova, I, you know, they get Wichita State, which is always a tough team. So, that, but that's assuming they win those first two games, all those those teams. So, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm on the Charles Barkley train that, like, this could be a crazy year. But my tip is don't pick a bunch of upsets because, uh, it, you know, that's rare. Um, and by that, I mean, like, I wouldn't have a four seed, a three seed, a seven seed, and a ten seed in the in the final four. I'd probably end up, like I said before, one, one, two, four, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think that following the Charles Barkley train is always the right thing to do. Oh, and you know, Charles Barkley's right about everything. All right, anything <laughs> anything else to cover before we we let you go? Um, yeah. So, what should the prize be when I win the um, bracket challenge? Yeah. I've actually thought about this. That is a great question. Um, so, our former colleague Luke Curdenine once received a golden toilet seat, right? <laughs> That you have in the office, yeah. right? We do have that in the office. But no, that's a terrible prize because we keep trying to give away the golden toilet seat. So my <laughs> prize shouldn't be that I have to keep trying to give away this golden toilet seat that we can get rid of. <laughs> I wanted to be the golden toilet seat because it's like we're, uh, you know, there's so many jokes you can make because, you know, I like dad jokes. Uh, do you have an idea of like what could be the prize? No, but I think that just like being able to tell you guys for the next year that I'm still the bracket champion will be enough. Yep. Bragging rights. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Bragging roots forever. Where can we find you on Twitter? Are you at Nina Mandel? I am, but only tweet me nice things or I'll self-block you. 
Oh, there you there. Warning, it has been been dropped. Uh, thanks for I just, I had one of those bad warnings on Twitter. I'm like, why? Why does it make you happy to tweet me? Don't tweet me. Don't add bad things at me. Yeah. I agree. Or anybody. Like, like make yeah. Twitter happy. Let's make Twitter a happy place. Uh, all right. Twitter a happy place. Thanks for joining us, Nina. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you soon. <laughs>